0: The songs that we s- sang today is it uh, has a real prophetic message, I believe, for this day and hour. I wrote I wrote down the part of the song that is really, really, really key, and um, it, it's the third song that we sang. I'm not. I, I don't remember the title of it, but it says, you're my anchor for my soul, my future, my hope, and I was made for you. I was made for you. Um, I, when I was in worship, I mean, I, I've known this. I've, I've heard a lot of things as of late, and I've known this, um, especially during this pandemic um, time that started over a year ago, I've known this. But there are many, 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 many cases of people that have taken their lives during this time. And when I was in worship, I just had this really strong sense to just pray in the spirit as I was in worship for people that don't know this that I just read that he is the anchor of my soul he's the anchor of my soul he's my future and he is my hope amen and you were made for him man that 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 line in that In that song is, that that statement right there that I was made for him, the first time I ever heard that song, I mean, I I just kind of wept like a baby uh, when I heard that, that I was made for him. You were made for him. I mean, what does that mean? He created me for his good pleasure. So, he created me so that I would want to have relationship with him. People that are in despair, that have no hope, they're in despair because they don't know they were made for him and they don't know how to get to him. He's not a person in the flesh that you can walk up to and say, I, I, I want to have a relationship with you. It's something that you have to do with something you can't see, feel, feel, taste, or touch in most situations, you, you, you have to know Him. And it's our responsibility today to understand these things right here, that He is the anchor of your soul. Your mind and will and emotions do not have to be in constant turmoil and turned upside down because of any kind of a report or anything else. He is the anchor of your soul. And there's never been a time in the history of the world when the Word needs to be trusted in people's hearts. They need to be doers of the Word and not get off of living their life focused on life through God's Word. There's never been a time like right now we, we have to look at life through the Word and not just act like we know what it says in our head, but live it every day. It's vital. I mean, it's life and death. It's life and death. Christian people who are born again baptized in the Holy Spirit, are taking their own lives from despair. It shouldn't be that way. I'm saying it on their behalf. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be like that. Everybody has days, everybody has stuff, everybody has seasons in their life when when you're dealing with something and going through something, but there's no time like the present, I don't care whether you're going through something or not, to make God's word real to you so that whatever you go through, and you will go through some stuff in the future, it's real to you. And you have a relationship, and he's the anchor to your soul. You know you were created for him. He said He'd never leave us, nor forsake us to the ends of the earth. He said He told us, worry about nothing. but Spend your time in prayer and exalting me and praying for other people and doing good for other people. Worry about nothing in life. There's nothing to be concerned about in life no matter what we face. You're not being responsible by worrying. You're going against the Word. And we gotta believe this, we have to believe this like never before, never in the history of the world has there been such chaos on the planet because the world's never been this large before. The planet's never had this amount of people on it. And there is potential chaos everywhere that you go. Things stirred up in so many different ways but it doesn't have to be that way in your world, and it doesn't have to be that way in the world if the church rises up and takes the responsibility to do our part in the earth. Can you save it? And how do you do that? One person at a time. You just affect the people. You can't save the whole world. You can't change the whole world. You can't change people. You just love people. You pray for people. You're there for people. You 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 develop your relationship with God. You know that He's real. You listen to His voice before you listen to any other voice so that you can discern in other voices what's real and what isn't real. It's vital. Amen? Amen. That was free. Now the message. So, we've been on a series since the first Sunday in June called The Kingdom of God. And I'm bringing it to a close. But I'm bringing it to a close after next Sunday. <laughs> so I got today and next Sunday, but I'm bringing it to a close. And um, what I'm going to do is I want to review the last three months of ministry Concerning the kingdom of God and just talk a little bit t- today. More than preaching, I just want to talk to you and remind you the importance of the kingdom of God and living in the kingdom and operating in the kingdom and understanding, being reminded every day what the kingdom of God is. Um, the definition of God's kingdom that I've given you throughout this series is The kingdom of God is the realm in which God is in dominion and his will is fulfilled. The realm in which God is in dominion and his will is fulfilled. And and a, and a more condensed definition is God's way of thinking and doing. God's kingdom is the way that he thinks and the way that he does. Jesus was on the planet, and everywhere he went, that's what he did. He preached the kingdom. You know, um, I, I've, heard, I've heard a lot, and, and it's okay because he preached it in the midst of what he was saying, but Jesus didn't come preaching love and, f- and acceptance, uh, love and just forgiveness. I mean, that was part of his message, but he came to preach God's way of thinking and doing. See, because he wants you to love God's way. He wants you to accept people God's way. He he wants you to experience life God's way. So he didn't come preaching what we think of as Christianity. He came preaching God's way of thinking and doing. And I mean, he talked about it all the time. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... I mean, it's, it's from the beginning to the end about God's kingdom, His way of thinking and operating and doing. <clears throat> when, when God's way of doing goes against the natural way, then we choose His way. We have to. And on the, I think it was the 4th of July, we talked about, um, I gave you a definition of the word tyranny. Because I don't want tyranny to rule my world. And what tyranny is defined as is oppressive power. I don't want anything oppressing my world. And I'm the one in control of whether I choose that or not. I choose that or not. Thomas Jefferson's definition of tyranny was Every form of oppressive power over the mind of man. Every form of oppressive power over the mind of man. We're living in a time and a world where there's, there's great oppression on people. That's why people are taking their lives. They don't realize what it is. They don't realize that they spend more time. Listen to me, and I'm telling you, this is the absolute truth. You've got to believe it for yourself. But the reason that people are mentally oppressed is they listen to more information that is not of God than listening to information that is of God. That's why people are oppressed. That's tyranny. Don't don't try to read tyranny into something more than it is. It's oppressive mental power that God delivered us from. (laughs) He delivered us from tyranny, from oppressive power through the blood of Jesus. I've been delivered and set free of that. Can you say amen to that? So, one of the main foundational passages of Scripture that we've looked at, and I want to look at that again, is Luke 12 and verse 29. And we've read this just about every time that we've ministered, and and I want to talk about a couple things and just remind you of some things that we've said through, the, through the, um, the weeks and months. Luke 12, 29, and Jesus said, and do not seek what you shall eat or what you should drink or have an anxious mind. Don't seek after what you're to eat or drink or have an anxious mind. In, in Matthew's account of this, he mentioned several other things, and I, f- I feel like, when I've read this in the literal, I feel like he's just talking about, don't seek after the natural things of life. He, he, he mentioned food or drink or, you know, Matthew mentions your house or, you know, you know your clothes, how, what you're going to wear, this thing or that thing. And um, I just feel like he's saying, don't seek after the things of this world, first and foremost. Because seeking after the things of the world create anxiety. So notice he says it again. Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, what you put on, your house, your future, how I'm going to pay my bills, what this, that, or the other, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. So the people out there in the world, and, and the world is the world's way of thinking, people that are attached to that thinking out there, They spend all their time seeking after how to make things happen for themselves, how to create that. Now, we all have destinies. We all have futures. We have purpose. We're here. We've got vocations. We we put our hand to the plow. We work. We do all those kind of things. He just said, don't seek after that first. Don't seek after those things first because what it creates is anxiety. When that's your first motivation in life is to make sure that everything's taken care of, that's what the world does, and that's where they spend all their time, and it creates great anxiety in life. God doesn't want us anxious like that. He wants us liberated and free. Can you say amen? But he said, seek the kingdom. What's the kingdom? God's way of thinking and doing. I'll say it again. It's God's way of thinking and doing and operating in the earth. He said, seek that first, and all these things will be added too. Now, I don't think I ever said what I'm going to say right now in the last three months in, as I've read this passage of Scripture. But a lot of times in Scripture, if, if you allow yourself, a lot of times I think human nature is we're looking for an easy way out of something okay, so I'm going to seek the kingdom and I'm not going to do anything else and everything's just going to be added to me. That's not what he said. Because the things that are added to you that you have to put your hand to the plow to do, they will be added to you without anxiety. That's his point. He's not telling us not to work. He's not telling us not to pursue ideas and witty inventions and, and, and have, you know, and, and, and have this plan about the, the things that God wants us to do. But he just said, don't seek after that first. Keep doing those things, but, that, but let God tweak what you do so you don't wear yourself out and stress yourself out, and, and you're so filled with anxiety and pressure that it's like you can't even think. And that's where so many people are at. That's, that's what he's saying right here. He didn't say, you're going to seek the kingdom, I'm just going to spend time knowing what the kingdom is and do nothing else. He didn't say that. Don't think that for a second. But what you will receive from him is the things in the natural that you desire but without anxiety. That's what he said. And in the last verse... I mean, in in verse 34, he says, um, that's not the one I wanted. No. Yeah, in, in verse, I guess it's 33. He said, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give you his way of thinking and operating. He wants to make sure that you get that. So when I pursue him, when I spend time with him, when I allow him to be first and foremost, the thing that I'm seeking after first, then he makes sure that the kingdom is given over to me. Can you say amen to that? His way of thinking and operating is, is I get it, and it it becomes a part of me. Can you say amen to that? So a couple of things that we mentioned along the way. So to live your life to advance His kingdom causes Him to be involved in what you're doing, and He will pour it out onto you without anxiety. I'll say that again. When you live your life to advance His kingdom, It causes him to be involved in what you're doing. I really like that. I want God involved in what I'm doing, and that comes from me seeking his kingdom. It's not just saying, okay, God, take over. He's not going to take over. He's not the doer. He's the helper. He's here to help us to accomplish all the things that he desires for us to accomplish on this planet. Can you say amen to that? If we don't seek his kingdom... Then we take him out of the equation and we're on our own. And I'm just telling you, you're not a good provider for yourself. Without God's wisdom and understanding, you're not a good provider. And you know what? You can say, Shh, I'm a great provider. I've done this, I've done this, I've got all this kind of stuff. Yeah, but did you get it and do it and receive it without anxiety? I never met a one, <laughs> I never met anybody. I've never met a soul that had an abundance of money and finances in their life and things and possessions. I've never met anybody. I've I've known many, 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 many people that were wealthier than I was. But those that didn't have any understanding of God, none of them were without anxiety. Because when money and things and that type of thing is your God and that's what you seek after first, it does nothing but produce that. It produces great anxiety, stress, and what happens is people, the greatest killer on the planet is a failure of heart, heart attacks, people dying of that more than cancer or anything else. Why? Because of the anxiety and the stress. Why? Because they don't know how to seek the kingdom of God first. Seek my kingdom and my righteousness first and all that stuff that you think is so important for you to seek after first will be added to you, but it'll come to you actually in, in better ways. What I've noticed is it, it comes to you in ways where it's less stress and a lot of times um, less emotional work. <laughs> you know, worked up emotionally. There's nothing worse than, than working and doing and, and doing a good job but being worn out at the end of the day because it was so emotional. God wants you free of that, and that comes from seeking the kingdom. I'm, I'm just telling you, it works. All I can say to you is, I can't seek the kingdom for you. I can teach you how to do it, and we've taught in the last three months how to teach it. If you, didn't, if you missed some of these messages, just go to our, um, what is it? our app or website and download the messages and just listen to them. They're free, and you can listen to the whole series that we have on there and 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 just take it in, because we've talked about how to seek the kingdom, not just that you need to, but how to seek the kingdom, because in seeking the kingdom, you live a stress and anxiety-free life. I'm telling you what, um, that'll preach, and actually, uh, you can make a lot of money if you're out there promoting something like that, saying you can have a life free of anxiety.) <laughs> People say, oh, man, I got to have that. No, I'm telling you for free today, you can have that because he gave it to us. And you know what it cost us? Nothing. It cost him everything. It cost us nothing. And he did it for us. We can live free from stress and anxiety no matter what. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what's happened back here. All I'm talking about is right now, today, what do you do with the word you hear? That's it. Another statement that I made during this series was, he knows what you need and he's never surprised. <laughs> no need that you have will ever surprise him. You know why? Because he has everything and he knows everything about everything. So he's got every answer to every situation that you've ever faced Are facing today, or ever will face, he's got every answer, but he's never surprised with what we come up with. Something happens, some, you know, bad situation just arises out of nowhere, you don't know what to do, he's never surprised. He's already got everything covered if you turn to him instead of to your emotions. It's very easy to turn to your emotions and get all worked up about things and allow your mouth to say all kinds of crazy things about what you're facing, when all along, there he is. Wait, 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 I'm I'm here. But he doesn't even do that. He's just here. It's all on us to seek him. It's all on us to learn from him what he has and how we're to get over or through or around or, or overcome any type of situation that we face. He's already paid the price, but we have to seek him to know how to do it. Yeah, but Pastor, why do we have to do it? I don't know. Ask him. I'm just telling you what he said. <laughs> right? Gosh, I wish he'd have done it differently. But not now. Now I'm really glad he did it the way he did. Because you know why? Because this is not something that's cheap, it's valuable. This is something that's valuable. When you when you will pay the price to develop a relationship with him, that, that's, that's what we pay. We pay the price to develop a relationship. And so, you know what that price looks like? Well, when you need some extra time to develop your relationship with God, and you've got to give up, four or five TV series? That's the price you're paying. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I gave up watching Blue Bloods so I could do this. (laughs) No, just watch your Blue Bloods and find another time or, you know, whatever it is that we have to, we have to find the time to spend with Him. But listen, Once you find the time to spend with him and you start pursuing him, then it's like nothing else matters. All the things that you thought were so important, they're not because then you choose to, you know what, I I was going to do so and so last week and I forgot all about it. You don't even do it anymore because you seek him and you seek his king. Listen to me, this has to work now like never before. No matter how many times you've ever heard it or this is the first time you've ever heard something like this no time like the present, like right now, that this has to work. It has to work. The whole world's waiting on the manifestations of the sons and the daughters of God operating in the earth. God is not in charge of what's going on on this planet. No matter what you think or what you've ever been told, the Bible does not say that. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness, but he gave authority to the sons and the daughters of men we, what will make this planet work the way God would have it work if God was in charge here, is if we do what he says. Then everything that he says is so will be so. There's a lot of people in the church that don't believe what I just said. you got to work it out for yourself. But he is not in charge. God in charge of this mess I mean, all you got to do is go to the book of Revelation and read about what heaven looks like or several other places in the Bible about what, there's no disorder like this in heaven. This place is a replica of heaven, but this ain't heaven. (laughs) Everybody say amen to that. This ain't heaven. And heaven's a real place, and this is not it. God brought heaven to earth through Jesus Christ, but where is that? That's in here. And we can experience days of heaven on earth, but this ain't heaven. I'm I'm entering the ain't, just so you get it. This ain't heaven. Thank God. But we have the ability to make and create days here like they're heaven on earth because of what we believe in the kingdom of God, because we're here to advance his kingdom, his way of thinking and operating. Man, man, the privilege that we have to live Right now, in this time, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. I'll say it again. It's very simple. So simple that many people with an educated mind, and they're too educated, will miss it. Education's a great thing, but only if it, if it has its place, because knowledge will puff up and, and create pride. But if it's in its right place and that knowledge you have begins to be revealed so that you understand your knowledge from God's way of thinking and operating, then, I mean, it's a win-win. So we want both, but I want revealed knowledge before I'm going to give place to any puffed up knowledge. Because I don't, pride comes before a fall. I don't. I, I, I'm, I've fallen. All I'm going to fall on. I'm, I'm no more fallen in my future. Can you say Amen to that? No more pride. Come on, no pride. I don't care what you think. You know, you don't know anything. Like you need to know it because of revealed knowledge. We need the revelation of it continuing to come into our lives. I made this comment and. I think Sandra mentioned it last week or something, but but the mystery of God, the mystery of the kingdom is in code. The mystery of the kingdom is in code. And it's what I just said. People can read about the kingdom of God. They can read and have information regarding what they think God thinks about something. But I mean, I can't tell you the people that have said things that God did that I thought, God wouldn't do that. God's not a taker of life, He's a giver of life. God's not a killer, you understand? God's not a destroyer, the thief comes to kill and steal and to destroy. He came that we might have life and have it abundantly. That's His whole nature, He can't operate outside of that. You understand that God, that that it's impossible for God to lie. He can't lie. It's not like He could but He doesn't, He can't. That, that, that's His nature. He, he can't lie. And so, He can't destroy either. Yeah, but what about Old… well, Old Testament is different than this dispensation of the last 2,000 years. His nature now is like it was, or His nature's never changed, but the, this dispensation of time is like the small portion of time with Adam and Eve in the garden. Jesus brought us back to that place. Now that's the way He looks at life, even in the midst of everything that goes on, the sins of people and everything else, it's already been taken care of. We just now have to embrace it. We just have to embrace it. And that's what, that, that's what you will spend the rest of your time on this planet doing if you're seeking the kingdom. So, you got no place to go. <laughs> you understand? You have no place to go other than heaven. But we don't want to go to heaven till our time is up. And he said that our time is up when we're done. Paul said, I'm finished. He said, our time is up. He said, you can live a long, fulfilled, prosperous life when you seek the kingdom of God. You can live that way and experience that. And then when you're done, then you're done. And what do you do? You just step right on over to the rest of eternity. But until that time comes, man, we need to be occupying and doing the things that He wants and allowing our lives to be the expression of who He is. That's why we're here. That's your purpose. So then whatever else you do in life, whatever your vocation is, whatever your desires are, then everywhere you go, His expression is seen through you. That's how we change the planet. Well, you know, I talk that kind of God stuff, you know, on Sundays. It, it's not God stuff. It's the kingdom of God. It's His way of thinking and operating. That's what we have to be attached to. Can you say amen? Amen. Luke 17 and verse 20 says this. We read this in one of the couple of the different messages. Now, when he he was asked by the Pharisees, verse 17, no, verse 20, Luke 17 and 20. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say see here, or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Isn't that interesting? But if you see the kingdom of God as his way of thinking and operating, then the kingdom of God doesn't do a lot, God's way of thinking and operating doesn't do a lot of observing. (laughs) It does a lot of knowing. What are you when you're an observer? So what did you think about the church service today? Oh, well, you know, I'm just kind of observing. What you're doing is just biding your time and I'm out of here. I don't don't think I go with all that stuff and everything that's said. But when you're in the kingdom And you're developing and you're hearing something, even if it's for the first time. A person needs to be encouraged to take what they hear and do something with it. Because when you do, then you get rid of observation. And and as Christians even who have an understanding of God, we can just be observers looking at this and looking at that and deciding over here, no, but what does he say? See, because when I know what He says, then my observation now is gone from being an observer to a discerner. I want to discern what's right and what's not right. I want to know that. And the only way I can know that is to be able to be connected to Him. If you're born again, Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But it's one thing to see... Holy Spirit activated and you being able to yield to the person of the Holy Spirit and what He has to say about certain things. So we're not just observing and, well, I'm not sure if that's right or I'm not sure if I like. No, what does He say? And you have to ask yourself and you have to answer the question. Can I really know what He says about these things that I see and I'm not sure about this? Can He really show me what's right? Yes, He can or he wouldn't have told us that. Seek my kingdom, my way of thinking and operating, and everything else will be taken care of without stress and pressure and anxiety. Man, that's a promise that's worth more than gold. Because that's a promise that will create longevity in your life and fulfillment because you're, listen, when you're stressed and you're under great pressure and anxiety, you're not good for anybody. People ask you questions, What? either that or you're just consumed with something else. You're consumed with everything that you're going through and the problems and the issues, you know. You either bite someone's head off or you ignore everybody. You're no good for anybody. No good. But man, when you're free of stress and pressure, and seeking the kingdom is where it comes. Can you say Amen. So, I'm going to read this last part, and then I'll finish with this. I read these two passages in most of our, our series until the last few times, but I read 1 Corinthians 4.20, and I want to read it in the New Living Translation. It says this, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it's living by God's power. 1 Corinthians 4.20. And then I read Romans 14, 17, and it says, and I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation, and it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with what's right, with peace, and with joy. Sounds like a lot of anxiety in there. Not. Right? No anxiety. Kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food or drink or anything else. But it's the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with what's right in every situation. That comes from revealed knowledge. Not just knowledge that I have, but I'm allowing it to be revealed. And When I have revealed knowledge, then I can walk in the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, And I can know what's right in every situation. Well, I don't know, Pastor, about every situation. I mean, you got the one that knows everything about everything inside of you? If you're spending time with Him and you're learning how to do that and develop that, why would He keep something from you? I can't find anywhere in Scripture where He's going to just give me so much. I mean... For us to think that what we can learn in this life in the years that we, if you live here a hundred years and what you learned in this life is all there is, (laughs) it's like, it's like I I have this vision of like if from this partition to there, there's a bookshelf and it's, you know, it's got 15 levels and uh, there's a book, there's books lined up on all shelves. And we've just had book 101. (laughs) Because we're talking about eternity. There's no end to the rest of this. And it's glorious. Think about it. There's no resistance. There's no anxiety. There's no pressure. There's no nothing there. And that's eternity. But see, we're living in that right now. It's not something out there. It's something right here. And he wants us to see here out there. He wants to see, see from here, there, not back here. Most people are living like this. Well, if I hadn't have done that, well, if this would have happened, well, if that would have happened, well, if I could have accomplished this, and, and I could have done all these things. Look, I wasted all my life, and no, 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 you haven't wasted anything. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what you've done or not done in life. Everything is from right here on. Everything. And we're living in eternity right now, not when we leave this body. We're a spiritual being that will live forever. And you're born again, you live forever in the presence of God and everything that that entails. It's a win-win. That's the kingdom that God has blessed us and given us. Can you say amen to that? want So, I want to leave you... With these two passages today. First one's found in Mark 4 and verse 11. And Mark said here in verse 11, he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. The mystery. Remember the mystery, it's in code, it has to be revealed has to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God and the revelation of the kingdom and what it is, you cannot understand with your natural mind. You, you, you can get to a certain point where you can understand some of it, but then your mind goes tilted. It's in code. Only revealed by the Holy Spirit. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. And He said to them in verse 13, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And what is this parable? The sower sows the word. Someone asked even today, how do you tap the kingdom of God? By sowing the word. How do you become a part of the kingdom of God? By sowing the word. How do I sow the word? Okay, so I got to I've got this memorized, so I've got to start out and make sure I got it. So just listen to me. I'm sowing the Word as I do this. You don't have to have it memorized. Write it down. Just build your daily routines in a certain way that we talk a lot about here. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. I rejoice because I'm God's child. I've been filled with His Spirit. For greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. Holy Spirit gives me wisdom and discernment regarding every decision that I need to make today. I choose to be a blessing to all those around me. No matter what happens today, I know that God will see me through. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If God is for me, nobody can be against me. I choose to honor God today by the words I speak, by the way I act, by allowing His love, light, and truth to shine through me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out, ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ Jesus. For He always causes me to triumph. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Today is a great day and something really good is happening today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Upwards of probably six or seven years, I've said that every single day, and I never miss. Every day. I mean, I mean, I get chills just saying it now. I've gotten to the point through in my daily routines, and I mean, it's like, okay, chills doesn't mean a dang thing, but I'm just saying, like right now, it, it, it works its way out of you when you believe in what you're saying, and what you're saying is helping you to shut anything down in your soul, in your mind, that is not truth, what, what is the kingdom of God? It's the way God thinks and the way God does. And the only way you're going to think like God is if you are declaring what He says is so. And if I'm not declaring that on a daily basis, and I'm not building and developing that, you will not change the way you think. If a person has an attitude and they do something, and they treat somebody a certain way, and they continue to treat people that way, and they're not changing, and then, let's say there's a person that's, that's offended by somebody, let's say they work with them or something, and they're hurt or they're upset or they've treated them a certain way, they've been ugly to them or whatever, and so they've worked with them for a long time. Well, then the person that was ugly leaves and, and, and is away from that person for a number of years, and uh, they see him sometime and they thought, they, they, they said hi to him, and everything seemed fine, and, and uh, that pers- the, the person that was hurt says, well, you know, uh, I think they changed. They're not the same as they used to be. Now hear me when I say this: If they didn't get God's way of thinking, the changing of a location didn't change their soul. There's only one way to change. And I just told you what it is. And then, what I'm developing... Through my daily confession of the Word, then the Holy Spirit has something to reveal to me. It's not just what I say, but then what I believe, once the Holy Spirit reveals it. That's how you become a person that is seeking God's kingdom, His way of thinking and operating in the earth, and then doing it that way. Think like God. Hear the things of God, and then do what He says. That's what he created us to do. Can you say amen? Last passage, Matthew 5 and verse 13, and I'm going to read it out of the NIV. So this is who we are. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. i got to read this before I do that. Before I read that last passage, i got to read what I said here in one of the other messages. I like this. When he talks from the Mark 4, when he talks about the condition of the soils, he never talks, once he talks about the condition of the soil, he never talks about sowing again because the sowing is incorruptible, it's perfect, and it actually does the work. When you sow the Word, in what you're sowing is the harvest, right? Right? You plant an apple seed in the ground, the tree is in the seed. The fruit is in the seed. So when he talked about, if you don't understand this parable, the sower sows the word. If you don't understand that, you won't understand anything else. Why? Because there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to reveal. It's not enough just for you to hear me preach it. It's got to be coming out of your mouth. And when that seed is in the ground and you're putting it in the ground, there lies your victory in the seed itself. That's why I said, if you don't understand this, see, because because people think, well, it can't be that easy just to sow the seed. Yeah, but listen, what you don't understand is when you sow the seed, you, you, you become consumed with sowing seed. And, and when you're sowing seed, then you become consumed because the Holy Spirit's revealing it to you about how to water the seed, how to cultivate the seed, and how to expect the harvest in everything that you're declaring. I declare everything that you're saying, that you've said in the past and you're saying today and in the future is coming to pass because that's what He said, but it's in the seed itself itself that produces the harvest. If there's no seed being sown out of your mouth, he said, the sower sows the word. You're not sowing the word hearing me preach. I'm sowing word out here for you to hear, but you're not sowing anything, you're receiving it. You can go study it and, and, and know what it says, but the knowledge isn't enough. It's gotta be what's coming out of your mouth And what the Holy Spirit is revealing. And so I end with this Matthew 5 and verse 13. You're the salt of the earth. Everybody say, I'm salt. salt. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. good deeds. People need to see the fruit in your life because you believe in him and you believe in seeking his kingdom and it works. We're sold. I'll just tell you this, the mystery of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God that's in code is the light of the world. Because the kingdom of God, if it was open for everybody to receive, all you'd have to do is just read the Bible through. And if somebody heard that, it'd be like, uh, remember the Indiana Jones movie where he had to pick the right cup and he had the water for life forever, remember? I mean, if, if people knew and they had the code to do it and, and, and figure the thing out. I mean, there's a lot of smart people out there. But you realize how stupid people really are? I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that myself and everybody else. You realize how stupid people are without God? Huh? Everything you need in life is right before, it's right here. But we got to do it this way. I mean, I've I just outlined, and next Sunday I'm going to finish it, I've just outlined for you what it takes to think and act, operate like God and, and to literally control in your world what happens on, in this world, to control it God's way. I'm not talking about being rebellious. I'm not talking about having an attitude. I'm not t- talking about being against this, that, or the other. I'm talking about being able to hear God and operate in His kingdom in the earth and make the difference that we were created to to make. You You know who I'm after? I'm after people that don't think like me. And you know how I'm after them? By praying for them. Just praying that their eyes be opened up to see. When I see somebody say a bunch of garbage that makes absolutely no sense and has nothing to do with kingdom understanding, they go on my list. I start praying for them. I want them. Hmm? All of a sudden, I put my Uncle Sam hat on and said, I want you. (laughs) I want them. I want them to think like God. I'm thinking, what? What What is that? You know? But don't go tell everybody else about it. Don't be critical of the person. Because listen, you get critical about people, you won't pray for them. We could talk about that all day long. But you get critical of people, and you will not. Well, pastor, but I can have my opinion. Okay? Your opinion will work down at the coffee shop. You can go down there and find you four or five people that want to listen to what you have to say. But where eternity is concerned, your opinion means jack. Unless it lines up with the kingdom. You just have to know. I mean, you, I don't have to agree with what you think or do. I mean, I don't understand it. You may be doing something or have, have some commission that you're going to do, and you've got to accomplish this thing, and it may not look totally right to me. That doesn't mean it's not right. I'm just telling you, you better hear from God. Whatever you do, whatever you step out and do, whatever you challenge other people with or whatever, you better hear from God. You better not be doing it because so-and-so is doing it. Amen? Taking up the offense of other people, man, that's a dangerous place. But living in the kingdom, no no stress, no pressure, I'm free. Woo! Come on, shout amen, somebody. Quit looking at me like, what's he saying? Man, it's it's the greatest day in the history of the world to be alive right now.